0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. On the Behind the Mask podcast, we have some of the greatest athletes to ever play the game and some of your well-known celebrities. We are discussing a wide range of topics including fatherhood, relationships, business ventures, social issues, and untold stories. On the Behind the Mask podcast, there's only one rule. There are no rules. Let's go behind the mask. Welcome back to another special edition of the Behind the Mask podcast. I am your host, Takiyo Spikes, joined alongside by my co-host, better known as...
1: Favorite plus-size model, two-tone in the building.
0: And yes, we have a special guest today. Every guest is special, but... Uh, This guest is really special. He's a pioneer. He's a maverick, not only in the game of the NFL, but the game of life when it comes to diversity and inclusion. Uh, I want you guys to give it up for our guest today, Rod Graves, the executive director of the Fritz Pollard Alliance. Welcome to the show, Rod.
2: Thank you, guys. I appreciate being on and especially to have an opportunity to discuss this important topic with you.
0: Yeah and you know, just to give you know our audience a little brief background, uh, you're now the executive director of the Fritz Pollard Alliance, but you stepped down after spending numerous years in the NFL pipeline system, executives and different stops. But your last stop with the NFL of five years, and you were the SVP of football administration, and you decided to leave your job and come be the executive director of the fritz pollard alliance uh, a lot of people would look at that and say you know what uh why would you leave stability and come somewhere that's it's been in existence but it hasn't been stable yet but uh what is the why behind that
2: Well, uh, I would say this is that, you know, through the grace of God, I was able to spend uh, 37 years in the National Football League. Uh, I uh, was able to see quite a bit and form some tremendous relationships along the way. Uh, Had many exciting times, but I started toward the end of my uh, days at the NFL, started to really wonder about what impact I could have on the game. In, in, the, in the most positive way. And I uh, thought about uh, the Fritz Powder Alliance with the retirement of John Wooten and decided that that was an opportunity for me to put my experience and my influence to work, uh, not only to help candidates, but to better the game.
0: And when we talk about the Alliance, you know, just to catch our listeners up and our viewership, is the Alliance is an organization. The Fritz Pollard Alliance is an organization that represents all National Football League minority coaches, coordinators, scouts, players, player personnel, and game day officials dedicated to creating a greater sense of racial and gender diversity and non-player roles within the National Football League. And when I took a deeper dive, I was surprised to see some of the numbers, but uh, then again, I. I wasn't surprised because I played 15 years in the game and I had the opportunity to see it firsthand. And I just wanna throw some of the data stats out uh, that was compiled just to give people a sense of, just a a feel for what we're talking about. When you look at the National Football League, as far as players, 70% people of color come in as players. Only 12% come in for NFL head coaches when it comes to racial hiring, people of color. 6.3% come in as GMs, pretty much the principal in charge. Only 5% come in for NFL team president, CEO. As far as racial hiring when it comes to team VPs, only 12%, which is a D plus, and then you look at the hiring of team VPs, is only 20%. And so, you know, when I see this, the numbers are staggering because when you see it and you look at it, you look at a game that is pretty much ran by the majorities, but the majorities are the minorities when it comes into the executive positions, the positions of leadership. Uh, what has been a discrepancy that you have seen over your course, the period of time, even though, this is your first year serving as the executive director of the Fritz Pollard Alliance.
2: Well, Takeo, let me put those numbers you indicated, which were provided by the TIDES report uh, by Dr. Richard Lapchick at the University of Central Florida. Uh, Let me put it in in perspective that most of our viewers can understand. Uh, We only have uh, four uh, people of color at head coach positions, and three are African-American. That's three out of the 32. So when you look at it from that standpoint, we've got less than the 12% that you indicated. Uh, there are even fewer numbers relative to, to black candidates or black coaches. Uh, there are only two general managers in the league that are black, Chris Greer at Miami and uh, Andrew Berry at uh, Cleveland, who was recently named uh when you look at the president's position of course the figures you indicated come from 2019 today we have zero presidents in the national football league uh kevin warren who is now commissioner of the big 10 left uh, uh, minnesota uh, as a uh, chief operations officer uh, and now we have no uh, Presidents of color at uh, either president or chief operations officer. So, when you look at the executive levels of football, whether they be at the head coach level, general manager level, or principal in charge, uh, the opportunities given to uh, people of color, specifically blacks, are, uh, in my opinion, uh, abysmal. uh, And It to me, it takes us back to a civil rights period where uh, obviously we were allowed to participate in the production and not the management. And so uh, we are just bringing uh, the awareness to the level that has existed in the in the National Football League for uh, roughly a 100 years. Is that while we are allowed to participate on the field and the numbers are somewhat respectable with respect to assistant coaches. But beyond that, when you get to coordinator levels, head coach levels and executive level positions, uh, we are not represented in the way that we should be.
1: And obviously, being a former general manager, you would like to see a a different type of trend in that area in terms of diversity. Um, You have someone that's a chair on your board Uh, Harry Carson, someone I looked up to, I was so starstruck when I actually met him. What does it mean to have a former player, a Hall of Famer, a great, to be a chair, arm in arm with you fighting?
2: Well, it's a tremendous benefit for us. And of course, like you guys, uh, I I revere Harry for what he's done and uh, for the game and his presence. And. You know, the fact that he would see this issue as important enough to take it up, I think, signifies that uh, there is a lot that needs to be done in this area. And uh, Harry's presence has been tremendous for us. Uh, His leadership has been outstanding. But I also work with others uh, such as Cyrus Mary, a civil rights attorney who worked very closely with Johnny Cochran, Jeremy DeRue, who's a, uh, a professor at American University here in Washington, uh, those guys and, of course, the, the leadership that we once had uh, with John Wooten, who provide outstanding service uh, to Fritz Pollard for many, many years. Uh, those guys have been fighting uh, for equal opportunities and uh, uh, the rights of uh, people of color for many, many years. And for me to be able to join guys uh, of that stature and to continue their work has is, is been a blessing.
0: You talk about the guys who join you alongside the fight and we look at going back to the early 2000s, the Rooney rule that was implemented to at least give a fair representation of upcoming guys, minorities, an opportunity to have a shot at these positions, especially head coach. And we look at it and uh, it's unfortunate, but it's still not working at this time. Uh, what can we do or what can be done to be able to have the Rooney rule change or to get more results out of it? Because it's it's obviously clear that it's a lack of minorities in these positions alongside what you guys are doing with the Fritz Paul of the Alliance.
2: Put the Rooney rule in its proper pres- uh, perspective. The, I remember a time uh, when uh, and it may be, it may precede even your careers. Uh, when uh, the argument and the concern among those in the in the uh, minority community was that we weren't even given a chance to interview, that not enough of us were given a chance to even get to the interview table. And what the Rooney Rule did uh, was at least ensure that there was representation of people of color at the interview and obviously the the uh uh objective there was once you had a chance to interview then your performance would would speak uh for itself in terms of 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 getting the opportunity uh but what we've learned through this process uh while i admire and feel that the rooney rule has been successful in getting minorities to the table it has not addressed or held responsible or accountable those on the decision-making side in other words just because we get to the table does not mean that people will go in favor of the diverse candidates and that in my opinion that is where the problem lies there has not been a commitment uh from ownership side and those on the decision-making side in favor of diversity, and I think that's where our opportunities have been lost. We get that rule to work so that the decision makers are
1: uh, at least taking a serious, and in my opinion, a serious look at candidates uh, of color uh, or women candidates as well. Um, in the normal everyday business life, if you go to a website such as Indeed, you see uh, the little red. Uh, red line saying, okay, this is a, a position available for all. Uh, we don't discriminate based off of race, religion, et cetera. But if you actually know someone in that organization you're looking for, they'll tell you, oh, we already know who we're hiring. They just put it out there to put it out there. So how do we get the decision makers to actually take a hard look and, and hire some more uh, diverse candidates?
2: Well, Tutan, there has to be a commitment toward diversity. And I think that Owners and uh, our uh, leaders in the front office of the NFL have to understand that diversity ultimately is good for the game. Uh, Number one, we have to recognize that uh, the game belongs to everyone at every level, not just the playing field. And number two, uh, there are advantages to diversity, uh, which brings together a wide range of Sensibilities and uh, recognition uh, that needs to be a part of the discussions in the C suite where decisions are being made. Uh, I think all of that uh, really is important to making our game a better place. My contention is that the game should be willing to live up to its greatest potential. And if you don't include uh, all people, regardless of color, then how are we fulfilling that potential to be the greatest game in sports? I love the National Football League. I'm appreciative for the opportunities I received. And I'm sure you guys are as well for uh, the, uh, the way that the game has benefited you. But we all want what's best for the National Football League. And we want to see it rain as the greatest game in sports. And because of that, We have to focus on making sure that we're giving everyone an opportunity uh, to uh, participate at all levels. And until only then uh, will we see the league really ascend ascend to the greatest game in sports.
0: Hey, and you've been around so many of the owners. You look at the positioning that you've had, that you've held, an executive in numerous stops, even on certain teams before ending back in the league office for five years as an svp Um, when you talk about trying to get people to understand the game is in a better place when it comes to diversity and inclusion because we want we all have vested interests and we want to make this game the greatest game of all time how hard is that relaying that to some of the owners because i'm sure you've had conversations with them
2: well, uh, to KO, it is a challenge, but it's, it, it, it's a process that really deserves education. Uh, and, and I think that we've got to break down some of the barriers that we've grown up with or that our owners have grown up with and people who are making decisions that people of color are not just here for muscle, if you will. Uh, but we're smart. We can handle the position of quarterback. We can handle the position of a president, we can handle head coach positions, we, we've proven that, and yet uh, we've got to break down those mental barriers and social barriers that prevent us from getting the opportunities. I've been very fortunate during my career to work with some outstanding owners, uh, the McCaskies in Chicago, uh, the Bitwills in Arizona, uh, and I also recognize uh, how important this topic is to Commissioner Roger Goodell. Uh, I believe he sincerely wants to change the wave of uh, diversity and, and uh, our lack of in, in uh, uh, the National Football League, but as far as team owners are concerned, this has to be a topic that is not only intentional uh, but there has to be a commitment toward it uh, for the long haul, and that we 've yet to see at this point we've had a lot of activity around. Uh, the topic of diversity, but we've not had the commitment. And I think at this point, uh, what we're going to see is more and more fans, more and more media, more and more government officials, more and more sponsors raise up and ask the league to be accountable with respect to this issue. And I think this
1: issue was just really put On a pedestal Uh, we we, all of us respectively have known this has been happening for quite some time but the nfl draft just happened uh, a few weeks ago and i think one of the takeaways was you see so many players of color continuing to get drafted into the nfl but because the times we're in right now virtual on the other side no men or women of color or women in, in in that uh Uh, capacity. We're on the other side of the phone, making the phone calls to these kids coming out of college. So that has put everything really on front street. What do you say to the pundits, to the critics that say, well, hey, the NFL as a business, overall diversity is is doing kind of all right, but, you know, we should be happy with that.
2: Well, Tutan, I, I regard that statement in the context of uh, conscientious stupidity. Uh, Martin Luther King once said that one of the greatest, uh, uh, it, one of the greatest things uh, that uh, we fear is uh, ignorance and stupidity, and you know, to me, that's like uh, the uh, moment in time back in the 60s when the argument uh, from some uh, was that uh, we were allowed to get on the bus, w- we should be content to ride in the back. Uh, that That is not something that I um, uh, would embrace and I don't think many people today uh, are willing to embrace that as a position for uh, African-Americans or people of color in general that i think we're in a position now where we expect more and can demand more
0: and we all know that it's a partnership with the alliance and with the nfl but how can you guys balance the partnership yet holding the owners accountable on your mission because it obviously is you know people don't like to feel uncomfortable and this is a comfortable it's an uncomfortable statement but How do you hold them accountable, you know, just staying on the mission with what you believe in?
2: Well, I think one of the things that we have to consider is uh, speaking up more uh, in in terms of using platforms like uh, the platform that you're making available today. I think it has to come from players like yourselves who are uh, keeping the spotlight on this issue. The one thing that I've learned uh, through my experience in working with the National Football League is that the league does not necessarily care for negative publicity, uh, that the brand is very important to the National Football League. And this is a topic that, uh, quite frankly, makes the league uncomfortable. Uh, you know, they are well aware that this is an area that they have fallen short in. And the more we get spotlight uh, from players like yourselves and others, uh, from our fans, from the media, uh, and uh, from other stakeholders, uh, then I believe that the NFL will respond. Uh, Ultimately, uh, we're not looking to disrupt their business model, uh, but uh, I think that this is a topic that certainly has the potential to do so. And because of that, they would do well not to ignore it. I have the posts of certain current players
1: in the NFL. You talk about using your platform and other professional sports. Uh, the athletes in that uh, sport do use their platform for issues such as diversity. How can the current players get involved and use their platforms to help increase the diversity in the NFL?
2: Well, I, I think, Tutan, that it's really a matter of keeping the issue alive. Uh, you know, this the one thing I've admired about today's players is that they've shown a propensity to be concerned about issues that go beyond themselves. And, uh, you know, as I stated earlier, we're very interested in the future of the game. Uh, I would very much like to see intelligent players like yourselves in a position in management who are uh, capable of running front offices, who are capable of making uh, football decisions uh, about players and coaches. Uh, You guys have been around the game. Obviously, uh, you're highly intelligent. And uh, there should be a place for not only players like you, but those that follow. And uh, those are the opportunities that I'd like to see the NFL uh, offer uh and uh embrace for everyone coming up and so it's not just about us it's about the future of the game and i think living up to its greatest potential
0: rod it, it takes a lot of energy to not only to be a leader um and you talked about the guys are more aware and more guys who are interested in being in those positions i agree with you yes we should have more, and I think they need to let that be known. But with that leadership position comes a lot of distractions, and comes a lot of disappointments. And so, one of my my question I have for you is: just throughout your tenure of dealing with, you know, with with management, dealing with ownership, what has been the most disappointing action or discussion you have you have had to deal with from management or just from the league office side?
2: Well, that question certainly takes me uh, beyond this issue of diversity because, uh, you know, it is very difficult uh, to maintain a high level of success uh, in the National Football League. And that's why I have great admiration for teams like New England, uh, Minnesota, uh, uh, Pittsburgh, Seattle, uh, those that have had storied uh, success of careers. Uh, in terms of success uh, it's challenging there, there are so many uh, ebbs and flows and and uh, so many uh, areas that you can't control uh, player injuries and you know salary cap and all of that it, it presents a challenge with respect to, to uh, maintaining a football team uh, I, I think in terms of disappointment is when uh, you are in a position where you can't go any further than you'd like to uh in order to maintain either a coaching staff or a uh or, uh or certain players you know at some point you've got to let guys go and that to me is very challenging sometimes it's because of injuries, sometimes it's because of money restrictions uh sometimes it's because players reach the end of their careers. And those, to me, are difficult decisions to be in. Uh, you know, I just wish the great, uh, the great days that we all enjoy can last forever. And unfortunately, that's not the case.
1: In the business world, we have this term uh, that's been thrown around for years called the glass ceiling. It seems like an NFL is no different. If you don't see change, being executive director of the Fritz Pollard Alliance. What's next?
2: Well, uh, at at this point in time, Tuton, the league, I'm hopeful, will recognize that the levers of change are still within its possession, that they have an opportunity uh, to uh, really make a difference in this area. Uh, If that is not recognized, then I think at some point uh, the league will be faced with the unrest of fans, with the unrest of the media, with the unrest of uh, sponsors and government officials, uh, asking the tough questions and demanding more. And I'm hopeful that we're not in a position where we're doing that. And of course, the ultimate result is that they don't get the type of financial support Uh, that they've enjoyed uh, over uh, uh, recent years. And so I'm I'm hoping that we can avoid all of that. The one thing I will say is that I have enjoyed my uh, working relationship with Roger Goodell. Uh, I have enjoyed the opportunity to uh, work with numerous others, including uh, Mr. Art Rooney, uh, who chairs the Uh, Workplace Diversity Committee. Uh, uh, Troy Vincent has been outstanding with respect to his work uh, in this area and in football operations in general. Uh, You know, uh, there are people in the league that get it. There are people who certainly have made uh, uh, decisions in favor of diversity, but there has to be a concerted effort. Uh, among the league to recognize this as a league problem, not as an individual team problem, but as a league problem. And the solutions have to come as a a, uh, uh, solution from uh, the league itself, uh, where you've got uh, owners banding together, coming up with policies and reinforcing those policies and making sure that uh, there's accountability at the end of every year with respect to, to, uh, sustainable numbers. So I think we've got to get to that point before, uh, we can really see substantive change. And, uh, you know, but I think at this point too ton that the league has an opportunity, uh, to stay in control, uh, of, uh, of this situation and, um, hopefully we can avoid, uh, having to, to, uh, uh go outside of the league uh for influence i'll put it that way
0: in an ideal world we all know and hope what we want it to look like but that's the beauty of it because you know when you're caught inside of the game and you play for so long and you've been in the structure as far as how to run corporations uh, it is what it is my question to you is in an ideal world, so many influencers, so many people who don't even have a clue about the Fritz Pollard Alliance and the positioning now that you serve, they don't have a clue and now we're opening up to them. What would be your message to them to get them to come on board in order to continue to support the NFL, but also to get them to understand that everything is that much better when you have diversity and inclusion on all levels?
2: Well, Takayla, education is so highly important, and the the way that we are discussing this topic today, I'm hoping that the conversation continues to grow, uh, that uh, people open up to seeing how important diversity is uh, for not only uh, uh, the National Football League, but business in general, for our society in general, for our communities in general. That being inclusive and and embracing everyone, despite their differences, I think just makes us a better place. I think it puts us in a better place, uh, makes us a better uh, country. And and, uh, as I've said before, it allows us an opportunity to live up to our our fullest potential. Uh, With respect to the National Football League, I just want to be in a position that someday we can see people operating at all levels of the game, uh, regardless of their color. Uh, So people need to understand that there's a lot more to the National Football League than just players on the field and coaches on the sideline, that we've got administrative positions, uh, whether they be in uh, marketing or whether they be in in, uh, 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 legal sides or whether they... Uh, be in some sort of uh, uh, vice president or presidential position, but there are plenty of roles that can be fulfilled, uh, and those, those roles can be held by minorities just as well as, as whites and other people of color. So I'm hoping that we'll see an opportunity where uh, people are able to gain access to those positions based on what they bring to the table. Well, Mr. Graves Sakeel sits on the Board of
1: Diversity and Inclusion down here with the Atlanta Hawks. So I'm pretty sure you have a, a supporter with him. Uh, the Behind the Mask podcast is supporting you. I'm definitely on board. What else can we do to help to get involved as well?
2: Well, your voice is very important. Uh, and what you've done today in uh, elevating uh, this to a conscious level for your viewers, I think, is outstanding. I appreciate the work that you guys are doing. I'm very proud of both of you. Uh, I remember scouting you uh, uh, when, uh, when you uh, came out uh, and uh, it, it's just enormous to see you continue to give back to the game, to give to your communities uh, and uh, to make the world a better place. And that's really what Fritz Pollard is all about.
0: Well, thank you. We, we appreciate the time. Definitely appreciate the knowledge and I got one more question for you because in 98 if I'm not mistaken you were in Was it arizona or was that Uh, I was in
2: I was in arizona in 98. That's correct.
0: Okay, so you brought up the point of like scouting and you had the opportunity to see both of us i remember that year in 98 rod i'm not letting you off the hook either. you guys picked andre Wadsworth i think you had the number six pick of the draft if i'm not that's mistaken.
2: right that's right yeah, i'm absolutely. just saying though
0: like this is your time to make it right rod so come on now come on.
2: Well, you know, if, if you guys can remember, and that, that's part, uh, first of all, let me recognize the fact that both of you outlived uh, Andre Wadsworth and did a, a very admirable job in doing so. Uh, Andre was an outstanding college player at Florida State. Yes, and, uh, you know, its it, it just so happens that every pick doesn't work out quite the way that you would hope. Uh, but, um, the, the one thing that I am excited about was that we were able to accomplish some good things in Arizona, but I also watched both of you and your careers, uh, and the numbers are, are, you know, were just outstanding, you know, especially in terms of your longevity, uh, in terms of your ability to stay healthy, uh, your leadership roles all of those things that that I think speak volumes to kids uh, that are interested in following careers in the National Football League. And, uh, you know, you were great role models and you still continue to be so. And so I just thank you for that. And uh, I, I wish, uh, looking back on it, if I had a crystal ball, I certainly would have taken one of you guys instead of Andre. But, you know, as it worked out, uh, I, I think it's all good. I'll put it that way.
0: Well, you made it right, and we appreciate you. And for that, you are more than welcome to come back on the Behind the Mask podcast show anytime you want. Thank you, Rod Grace. We appreciate it.
2: I appreciate being here. Thank you, and good luck to you both. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Behind the Mask podcast.
0: Indulge, share, and subscribe. To quality content and we're everywhere we're on youtube make
1: sure you scroll to the bottom click that little bell for notifications we're on google play we're on spotify and we're on apple music
0: even on social media we're gonna make it easy for you follow at the btm podcast for your weekly fixings and remember there's only one rule there are no rules let's, let's go, go behind, behind the, the mask, mask.